0: Three, two, one. We're live. All right. This is side by side, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is our very first episode. Uh, my name is Sam. I'm the host. Uh, this is PCJ, our guest. And I just want to start off by thanking you, brother. Thank you for for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I uh, I couldn't have chose a better person for for our very first episode. Um, you know, our youth pastor, um, and you just have so much knowledge, so much uh, to offer, and. Uh, Man, I don't, I don't know where this conversation is gonna take us, but I know it's gonna be uh, somewhere really good, really spectacular. Um, and I want to just start off, you know, something not even that I had planned, and just talk about how our Cowboys won, brother. Can that's you right. That?
1: The Lord is good. He what is, better way to get this started, right? He than is with faithful. A big W. He
0: is faithful. Amen. And I don't think anybody could have predicted, you know, that score, how it all went down. Yep. But I think that's the beauty of uh, sports and uh the beauty of trusting god amen amen we for, know it's one
1: for the <laughs> ages that's i think uh, the headline i saw the other day
0: we know we know who we trust in and mm. we know who who god's favorite team is amen to that come on all the way. america's team god's team <laughs> your dallas cowboys that's right <laughs> that's why i'm wearing my shirt today we're representing um But hey, praise God. Praise God for um, his goodness, his faithfulness. Um, Brother, uh, I want to start off, man, and just begin to ask you some questions Mm -hmm. and kind of let the audience get to know you a little bit. There's a few things that I've admired about you, and I've I've shared them with you. And um, I want to share it with the audience a little bit as well. And and hopefully, um, you know, they get to learn a little bit and maybe get inside of your head a little bit. You know, I think for a lot of us, um, we can really learn uh, from you and, um, you know, some of the things that you make just look natural. You know, Uh, I think for a lot of people, uh, it's really a scary thing to do public speaking. Mm. You know, I thought, you know, why not ask uh, PCJ about how he does it? How does he get up there, so much confidence, and just makes it look like it's so natural? Uh, How do you do it, brother?
1: Well, first of all, it's an honor to be here, and I thank you for choosing me to be the first guest on on this show. I feel like it's going to go places, and it's going to be mm. something great. Come on, yes, brother. Um, and and uh, what an honor to be the first one, right? To be a part of it uh, as it launches, as it takes off. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great question, and and to be honest with you, it's something that I've I've pondered myself because. Um, uh, growing up, and you know, even you you know that my dad is a pastor, so I've you know seen him do public speaking for you know so many times, right, Sunday after Sunday. Um, but at the same time, there was always this very very strong fear within me of even getting up to to sing a song, right, or to do anything at all. Um, to pray for the offering. Probably
0: when you were a lot younger. I don't know about now, brother. You could definitely not tell yeah, well, if you I, are now.
1: I, I battled it uh, even into my teenage years because I would always uh, uh, get the question asked, right? It's tough to be a pastor's kid because you sort of, there's that expectation that, oh, if your dad's a pastor, you're going to end up being a pastor yeah. yourself, right? Uh, so that was a big uh, cloud over my head that was continuously there. And uh, it's, it's almost like uh, when, when you're not married, right, uh, all the hermanos from the church are like, well, when are you going to get married? Yeah. With me, it was like, when are you going to preach? And I was already uh, 15, 16 years old, right? Um, I battled it. I, I, there was no desire in me to do it. Uh, and more than anything, I think it was, it was fear to do it. Uh, at some point, I think it was a very big combination of, yes, the calling of God and uh, overcoming that fear that was in me um and uh, i can't tell you that it was natural ever at the beginning at all right i think i struggled So would you with say it now it's it's a little more natural so uh, let me tell you this i i i think there are settings that make it a lot more comfortable okay one for instance is here is that here at the church right um here at church, I feel comfortable because I know you. I know uh, the the youth team. I know reignite. Uh, I know most most of the people here. But if I'm suddenly taken out of that comfort zone and put in a different setting, I think the the nerves still do kick in, right? So it's it's a it's a struggle so that has to be dealt with. I so what's
0: would, would you say with the younger audience with us here mm-hmm. in, in this like the reignite youth? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more comfortable than with the adults or are you just as comfortable with the uh the big side with the adults
1: yeah no i i feel comfortable there uh, also so i think i, I go He's back not human people yeah no 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 i'll tell you this i'll go back
0: i want you to be as uh honest and transparent as possible don't yeah. don't tell the audience or me what we want to hear we, we, we want to hear the honest truth you're not human and yeah. yeah. You may get a little nervous, but do you feel comfortable up there?
1: He, uh, he said he wasn't going to make it easy. So I think he's going down that, <laughs> that, that path. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's, it's for me, it's, um, it's a matter of, uh, telling myself, look, if I don't, uh, uh come here to fulfill the purpose that I've been called to do, then I'm going to let all kinds of different fears overcome and in, in my mind. So, you may or may not know, or you know, but your audience may or may not know that I have a, a secular job, and that job requires me to uh, travel and visit customers, and, and some of these customers are what we know as C-level or, um, you know, vice president of a company, and I have to do a whole presentation. I have to yeah, very get dressed and suit up, yeah, and um, and I tell you, that that is one thing that I also had to really work on. Uh, because the last thing you want to do is show any kind of weakness while you're out there presenting something that you're trying to convince an audience about. And I don't want to relate it as much, but to a certain extent, if you don't have assertiveness when you're in front of a congregation and you're preaching a message, uh, if there is no assertiveness in you, then you're not going to be convincing. You're not going to sound convincing And that's the biggest thing that I've had to uh, work on or try my best to overcome,
0: right? So, then would you say, Mm -hmm. then, for you um, to overcome the nerves, Mm -hmm. you know, or the uh, pressure of, you know, public speaking, you will, what you do is almost focus your attention on the task at hand. Like, it's more you have more fear of not getting the goal across than you do the opinions of, you know, other people as you're up there speaking or yeah. am I misinterpreting?
1: No, no, no. D- to to a degree. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, some of the preparation that goes into it is is really what I've had to change over the years, I would say. Um, it's easy to um, prepare something right and write a six page. Um, it's easy for some people. Essay to <laughs> explain what you're, trying to, uh, what you're trying to relay in that message, right? And then simply go up there and read that, right? right. I mean, that would be the, the easiest uh, thing. Um, but what I've found over the years is um, that by doing so, you almost get caught up in just trying to stick to that script almost to the point where you even try to memorize it, right? You memorize what you're intending to say. And once you go up there, as humans as we are, and I am, uh, you draw blanks. And when you draw blanks, um, you, you, you really cut the string of the intended yeah. message to go out there. So what I've done is I've I've done my six-page essay of what I intend to relay in the message uh, through prayer, right, and, and seeking the scripture. Uh, but then in the end, I begin to make it as concise as possible. I remember, um, and I don't know if we'll go into this topic or not, but we uh, we have translators here. And when we do translating, uh, I'll always share the notes with whoever is going to be translating the message for us. And I remember one instance, of, uh, one of the translators asked how long the message was going to be. And I said, well, the, 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 message will probably be around 50, between 45 and 50 minutes. And he looked at the notes and he says, uh, this, this is more like 15 minutes. Brother. <laughs> and, and it was right. Because if I focus on putting everything on paper, I think I'll get caught up in that. So I'll put the main points and then I'll just speak to what I know I want to speak about and, and let the spirit flow in that sense. But uh, the key word I, I mentioned was assertiveness, and I, I, I work on that as much as I possibly can uh, because assertiveness to me means you are sure, you are 100% sure of what you're trying to, to relay. Yeah. If no. you're not, then
0: that is going to be
1: caught on very early on in your in your message or your conversation.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I think assertiveness, confidence, right? Like, know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think that that is a huge factor. Yeah. Right? But, um, and, I, and I do want to get to the whole translating thing. I do want to get into that because I think you do it, like, very few people do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do want to get to that. But before I get to that, like, I just really want to get into, you know, public speaking. Like, how how you're able to, like, overcome it and it just really um you know do it like it's again like natural because again the way you're, I feel like people listening to us talking about it right now mm-hmm. are probably sitting here like yeah I can't relate with that you know like I'm I know what I want to say mm-hmm. I'm confident in what I want to say but when I get up there my feet start trembling mm-hmm. you know I start getting shortness of breath um you know I start you know just being super critical of myself mm-hmm. and you know can't even get a word out because You know, I have, you know, just all these thoughts that are coming to my mind, you know, just tons of different things, right. That that people battle with because, you know, again, public speaking is such a difficult thing to do. You know, you're so in your head, you start, you're really, um, being super critical, really just thinking about like every little detail. Right. And, um, it's hard, it's hard to, to want to, you know, get up there and, man, just to even do something so simple as um, even read a poem, brother. Like you mentioned, like if if you were just to write something down mm-hmm. and just go up there and read it, like you would think anybody could do that. Yeah. But the, the reality is like for some people, that's death. Like no way would I ever go up there mm-hmm. and, you know, put myself to such a level of scrutiny, you know, or whatever. And so, you know, I think it just goes back to, you know, what I started off with, it almost sounds like you're not human, brother. And you just don't <laughs> worry about those little things. You know, um, I, I will say for personally, for myself, mm-hmm. you know, it is something that, you know, there are times where I feel a lot more comfortable than other times, Yeah. you know, but it is something that I just have to really, you know, fight with. Mm-hmm. look like you were going to say something.
1: Yeah, no, no. I, I was going to say, so, so even in, in, in every setting, to a certain extent, you are always, Uh, doing that public speaking, even at an early age, you think about when uh, you were a kid and you needed to convince your parents uh, to let you do something, right? Um, You practiced what you were going to say, you worked on it, and you uh, uh, even rehearsed it maybe with a sibling, uh, and then you presented it to your parents and, and you tried to do it in such a way where it was going to be convincing, right? I think we have... Uh, in our nature mm-hmm. some level of uh, of public speaking already innate already in us uh, but we just have to develop it as as we go along and the criticism part so uh, i I don't know now in in today's age you see a lot of uh, or most people are recording what you're what you're saying right so in a, in the a message or in a sermon for instance right, uh, they're recording it I never go back and look at it I don't, because I become very critical of what I see in that. There's no better uh, critic than yourself, right? You know, if you're breathing heavily, or or yeah. if you're, uh, you know, making faces that shouldn't be made, or shaking, or shaking, or, yeah, you know, sweating, um, whatever. And so that that I think comes to diminish uh, your capability. It comes to diminish diminish your potential. So uh, you don't want to let that take over what you are already doing. Otherwise, it just slows your process down, I believe. And I've also learned that in in, in my years of public speaking.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so again, to me, brother, it just sounds like you're fine-tuning things and great, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, but there are some things, like, personally, like, Mm -hmm. I remember, like, when I first started off, and maybe it's just because I'm a slow learner, I really am, like, you know, some people will say in in a job interview, you know, I'm a quick learner. Mm -hmm. Like, if I said that, I'd be lying. Like, I'm not, it takes me, like, quite a bit of time. And then after a little bit of time, then I can get pretty decent, pretty good at, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, the task that I'm doing. Um, but I remember when I first started doing it, I I said, you know what, I feel like I have this calling to, to go out and, Mm -hmm. and to preach and to, you know, um, you know, lead a a group of young people. I feel like I have this calling. And so I remember like jumping in and and starting to want to preach. And I was like, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. And I remember getting up there and like just totally bombing it, like not working out. I'm not going to tell the story because, you know, it's going (laughs) to, this is recorded and you guys Mm -hmm. are, are going to rewatch it or whatever. And now you're going to bring it up. But, um, but I just remember bombing it. I remember bombing, like going up there. Like, I remember like, I had a, a, a bottle of water and just like, you know, chugging it because I was just so nervous, you know, but you know, after like, they always say practice makes perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you do it over and over and over again, you know, eventually you're, you're able to pick up on some things and again, fine tune a little bit of the things that you're doing. Yeah. Um, but I just remember like being in like an awful thing. And I did this, you know, you said when you were 15, you were starting to do this. I think I was, you know, maybe 20, 21 or something. Mm-hmm. So already an adult, you know, and man, I just remember how like difficult it was. And so now every time I ask somebody, hey, would you like to, to do this? Maybe, you know, give a class or something. I totally sympathize or yeah. uh, understand yeah. when they're like, well, I don't know. And, you know, I'm scared, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, so, you know, it's just funny to me to l- listen to you here or, or hear you say that, you know, your perspective on it, you know, uh, it's, it's more of just in my opinion. And forgive me if, if I'm – uh, misrepresenting you, uh, mm-hmm. misrepresenting, but that is just like fine tuning almost, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's a lot more mental. Like I don't know, some of it, it's, I feel like it's a little bit beyond just mental. I yeah.
1: don't know. No, it, it, and and uh, you've probably seen this example before, uh, as you've heard me preach maybe too many times already, but um, there there are moments even in my public speaking or in the message that I'm trying to relay that that I catch myself saying something that probably shouldn't have been said or, um, doing something that I probably shouldn't have done. Um, and then I immediately apologize for that. Whereas I've learned also that it's probably not a good idea to apologize for what you just did because, uh, <laughs> most people probably didn't notice it. Right? right. And most people believe that it was part of the, the script, if you will, or, or something that was planned. Uh, so, um, I learned from a from an old manager of mine uh, he said don't apologize for things he says don't apologize for things uh because like trump yeah no way. it wasn't trump actually it was <laughs> 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 no but don't but but really if you think about it um m- most of it has to be as it, it has to flow as best as possible and be as natural as possible i mean you and i are here having a conversation that's as natural as can be yet, you know, we've got a camera recording us, we've got microphones on us and that could easily intimidate us, right? Or or at least it could intimidate any normal person. Uh, but if we're just having a conversation, the idea here is to eliminate everything that's around us. Um, you know, the guy that's behind the camera, the microphones and everything, all the lights and, and just have this conversation. I've heard people say, um, you kill the nerves if you picture everybody out there naked, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's not I my don't, thing. I don't, I don't know that that would really work. Yeah. Yeah. But I will tell you that one thing that I do is I make eye contact with as many people as I I think people I hate that. I think, uh, people,
0: I think a lot of people would – I do the same thing. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with you. Mm-hmm. But other people tell me all the time, like, no, absolutely no eye yeah. contact.
1: No, they say focus on a certain part of the building right. or the – no, no, no. I like to see people's reactions. I like to – Um, sometimes even engage, right, and and refer to someone in the audience, because I, I think it makes more of a connection that way, and it makes me feel comfortable, surprisingly enough, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable. When I'm looking at, uh, at at people and making sure that they're receiving what I'm
0: what I'm saying, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. I think it makes it feel a little more natural. It makes it takes off the pressure of like speaking to everybody and yeah. you're just focusing on one person. You know, yeah. and I think there's this level of like if you feel like they're paying attention, mm-hmm. you know, like you're connecting with them, then it just you know leaves a little bit more of the pressure. But uh, again, just going back to my my personal experience, like Mm -hmm. I remember like starting off, man, one of the hardest things for me was was not necessarily making eye contact, but it was noticing people. And I don't know how it affects you. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, to start off, like when I was first starting doing public speaking, it was really hard for me to see people like dozing off not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that was a huge shot to my ego. (laughs) I remember seeing a couple of people like falling asleep and I was just like, (laughs) God, and it would just distract me. I couldn't Mm -hmm. focus on what I was trying to do. Um, I would see people on their phone and I was just like, you know, so aware of what they were doing. And I was just like, I couldn't focus on the message. Uh, and so I had to overcome it. Um, you know, find a way to overcome it. But what about for you? For you, yeah. is that distracting? Is it? Does it take away from? It, it's not distracting, but I do agree with you that it,
1: uh, it it hurts my ego, right? Because it's um, you you question every part of the message uh, or of the public speaking. You are constantly questioning yourself, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if that's how you feel, but I am, right? I'm questioning whether I'm going in the right direction, if I'm drifting away from the topic, if I am delivering the message as I wanted it to be delivered. I'm constantly questioning that, and a lot of it has to do with the feedback that I'm getting from the audience right right and 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 oh yeah, especially youth, <laughs> they give feedback that is that can be negative or perceived in a negative way.
0: would you say you're a back um,
1: preacher uh, no, I think you're <laughs> the the guy the host of the show is a back preacher no, but I, <laughs> I do i do like I do like to get the feedback right, yeah. and I do like to feel that the that the, um, the audience is engaged. But it doesn't fuel my, that doesn't fuel as much my desire to continue doing it or my level of comfort in that moment, right? I think what does, and what really makes me feel accomplished uh, in the end is if, uh, number one, I was able to cover everything that was um, on my list of objectives or on my agenda without extending it too long. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest challenges, and I'm very vocal about this, is talking too much. Is <laughs> going I'm too right there with you, brother. Once you get comfortable with it, you can just go on and on and on like the Energizer bunny. And and to me, I feel accomplished if I do deliver the message in a reasonable period or uh, amount of time. And I touched on all the topics, right? So... Um, and in the end, the response piece is really one that, that that I'm not looking for a praise at the end. I'm not looking for somebody to say great job or you did very well. But if one person comes and feels challenged by what I tried to deliver, I think that's what my accomplishment uh, uh,
0: level really is up in the in the in the clouds, right? Amen. So I want to go back to something that you kind of touched on a little bit, because I do want to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned um, translating, yeah. you know, and so I'm going to ask you here a a question, but before I do, I want to set it up a little bit by saying, you know, um, I definitely think it's a gift. You know, Mm. I don't think necessarily everybody can do it. Mm. Um, Maybe they can, I don't know, but uh, I do think it's a gift, Mm. you know, that people have, some people are more gifted in it than others. Um, And you know, I, I want to ask, like, you know, would you say that, you know, it comes it's something that kind of comes natural to you or do you think it's something that you kind of just kind of picked up? Was it something that like your kind of your dad, you know, put upon you or whatever? Yeah. How did that like, all come about?
1: Oh, no, that definitely not. I, I, de- I did not believe it was a gift. And even from the very beginning, I tell you how it all started okay. with me. Um, I was, uh, we were living in a place called Santo Tomas in El Salvador. My dad was a pastor of a a fairly large church there. Uh, And we received visitors from Canada, actually some missionaries from Canada. Um, Now to to set up the moment, I can tell you that I grew up um, in the US, so I moved to the US from El Salvador when I was five years old, four, between four and five. And I went to elementary school here, so my my, my first language was almost entirely English, right? Um, so I, I learned both languages. But at the age of high school, I moved back to El Salvador, and uh, I was learning, relearning Spanish. I could speak it, but I didn't know how to read it and write it properly. Uh, so at this point is when we were at that church, and these missionaries come. And I felt confident enough to be able to to translate for them. They knew absolutely no Spanish, and I was the only one who could translate there. So naturally, my dad just put me up on stage, right, and had me do it. Brother, I bombed it so badly. I mean, it was just a a challenging, challenging thing. Um, uh, I can't remember the word. There was one word that they used that I could just not, for the life of me, figure out or understand how to translate it. And that almost set the stage for me to, to grow a desire to perfect it or to make it better, right? Uh, today, I can tell you that I can stand up and I've had uh, the privilege and the honor of translating at some events uh, where I walk off the stage and I'm like, man, I could not I could not find that word. And it bugs me, it bugs me greatly. But, you know, I see that the more I do it, the, be- the
0: better it can get, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, like, you know, you mentioned that, uh sometimes you just can't find that word mm-hmm. i think sometimes there is no word yeah, you know, uh, that's true. i think there's absolutely some words that just don't translate yep. you know could you maybe fabricate a couple words to you know put together that same meaning yeah probably but you know being a speaker of of, of two languages myself you know sometimes three if mm-hmm. you count uh, french mm. i do a little french je parle le français anyway oui, <laughs> oui 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 oui, oui, monsieur. oui. uh under toi I don't know. Anyway, too much. <laughs> I've taken it too far. Um, but you know, I, I understand that there's just some words that don't translate, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, you can, like I said, get words that you know, pretty close, maybe synonyms or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but what you meant was like, you knew the word that mm-hmm. you know that there is a word, but you just couldn't think of it in that moment. Could not. That's right. right. Yeah. And, and so, um, not,
1: not fully diagnosed. I haven't gone to the doctor to get this, but I believe I'm ADD, right? I believe that my mind drifts off uh, very easily into, into something else. And so translating is, is uh, very difficult in a sense that you're trying to keep up in the pace of the person who's speaking. And at the same time, same time, sorry, think of the word that you're going, or the set of words that you're going to use to translate. Um, and, and boy, it's, uh, it, it, to me, there are certain people that I can easily work with, right? I've translated for you, and, and uh, it, you make it very easy for me. Uh, but there's like other that. people who will, you know, that don't understand that process of right. translating, and will just keep talking, and I I can't, I lose it entirely. It's t- it's to the point where I just give up in my mind, right? Uh, so it, it really depends on who you're translating for also, I believe.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm yeah. absolutely certain that there's a level of chemistry as well, right? Yeah. You, you develop a chemistry, yeah. you develop, you know, just um, you, you find their pace, you know, and how mm-hmm. they like to say things or, you know, because not only is there sometimes, you know, um, words that you have to translate or that don't translate, but sometimes it's finding, you know, a comparable or something similar like for a uh, what do I want to say like a a phrase a, a saying think is what I want to say yeah um cuz sometimes there's sayings right people will say sayings and like if you translate it it doesn't it just doesn't have the same meaning yeah um so there's you know different challenges there yeah. um but I I really do brother and, and I want to say this like um I think um the level of control that you have is one of the things that I've admired so much even before thank I got you. to uh know you I just I remember telling your wife actually this, if she's watching this, um, that I was like, how does he do it? You know, is mm-hmm. he always under control? Cause er, in every scenario that I saw, like, like public speaking, whether it's, um, you know, for a preaching or whatever it is, uh, you know, just, you know, on top of it, whether it's again, translating, I, I could just see how, you know, just, I, I don't have any better word other than, like, control. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. like, how does he do it? How does he compose himself and mm-hmm. and just have it, you know, just down like that? I'm um, just curious, brother. What did my wife say? Did she say something you like, know <laughs> you haven't seen him at home? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to let her answer that, you know, and um, she, was, she was nice. Yeah. I will say that. She was very nice, but she definitely said, you know, um, he's human. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, um no uh i i seriously like I, I honestly say that like um you know total total respect cause, you know i'm just like man like the, the level of control like just knows what he's going to yeah. say how he's going to say it you know even with some of those challenges that you mentioned like they don't always give you an opportunity to um you know say everything that they said or whatever yeah. um you know and somehow yet you you find a way to to give something that's comparable. Yeah, no,
1: and, and I thank you for that, right? I mean, you're, you've been you've been giving nothing but praise uh, to me, and I and I, I appreciate that. But I can honestly tell you, and I, I tried not to just fire away with this at the beginning, but at some point, uh, I, I have to give all the glory to God and 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 thank Him Amen. for, you know, what He's allowed me to to become and how much He's allowed me to develop. Uh, I do believe um, that. It, every situation is um is controllable right there's only a few things that you cannot control in life and one of them is death and 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 really until you find yourself uh without being able to do anything else at that point then you know all else uh fails but but in my view right i uh I, i feel like if i lose my control which i have right um, I start making decisions that are incoherent, that, that really lead me to nothing else but even more failure. So I try uh, to myself to keep it together as much as I can because otherwise um, it, it can become disastrous very quickly, right? So there's a few things that I I continue to try and work on in my life, brother, and, and that's certainly one of them, right? Uh, because I think we're all challenged with that, right? We're all challenged uh, by... Uh, situations in life, by circumstances, with work, with um, family, with uh, friends, with non-friends, where they're constantly pushing your buttons, if you will. That's the topic that, or that's the, you know, the term that we like to use. Um, And I like what this one preacher uh, said about uh, a practice that he does every single night. Uh, He remembers what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says about love, right? And instead of love, he replaces his name with that. And he says, uh, Pedro is patient. Pedro mm, is kind. Come on. Pedro is." And he goes through the entire list, and he marks off the ones where he failed during that day. Wow! Um, and he says, at one point, I know that I will be able to accomplish every single one of them. Um, so I can't own that, but that is a good practice, I think. Yeah. And in some ways, I evaluate my life at the end of every day. I don't wait, you know, until I'm here at church on Sunday. I evaluate my life every single day, and I don't let myself be brought down by the failures. That's important because uh, not one day have I been able to say I successfully fulfilled every single action of love, uh, but that encourages me and should encourage all of us to work harder the next day to fulfill it, right? So that's part of it, I think. That's what Allows me to ch- so keep it together. So you just kind of yeah. almost
0: like channel it to to where to your public speaking and stuff. It's something that you you've kind of developed in your own character. For and sure. Really, that's you know really what I was saying. You know, like I, I mentioned, I gave the example of public speaking, but really I've seen mm. you in other scenarios where again you just have it, you know, um, you know to the T under control yeah. and just very like admirable, you know, trait. Um, I would I will say like honestly, that's one of the things that. I work on the most, and mm. I pride myself. Like, I'm not supposed to be prideful, mm-hmm. but um, I pride myself on the level of control that I have. Yep, you do. And right? mm-hmm. and how, you know, I don't allow people to get under my skin. Yeah, you know, I, I, as best I can, you know, there are times where people beat me because you know that's what they're looking to do. But um, one of the things that I work on is that is not allowing people to get to me. Sure, you know, because sure. I understand that that's some people's agenda. You know is that they wanna get a reaction out of you. Yeah, and, and, and
1: by all means, I, I do commend you for that, brother, because I see that that level of control in you. And I, I was thinking about this because I shared this with, or I was having a conversation with my son. My son is 16, my older son is 16, and uh, he started driving not too long ago. And um, I see myself in him and that he gets very impatient on the road, mm-hmm. right? I think most of us do. I was going to mention driving. Yeah, if somebody cuts it, you yeah. off, yeah, somebody cuts you off, and um, you, you say a few things that otherwise you wouldn't. <laughs> and that's exactly what led me to tell him. I said, uh, because we were in the car, he was driving, and I said, all right, if you're at the grocery store and somebody cuts you off, you're walking, right, not in the parking area, but you're inside the grocery store and you're walking, and somebody just barges and cuts in front of you, do you like uh, curse them off? Do you uh, start telling them something or do you just give mm-hmm. them the right of way? And uh, his answer was, no, man, dad, I'd just say, yeah, you're cool, bro, you're cool. <laughs> and I said, well, why can't you do that while you're in a car, right? Mm-hmm. Why, because you feel that you're more in control, you feel bigger because you're inside of a car. And a lot of times that's really what happens in our life, right, when we feel like we have a certain level of status or control or position, we begin to overpower on others who are perhaps less fortunate or less, not fortunate, but less, in a lesser position than we are. Uh, Yet, that's not the way it should be, right? We need to give the right of way um, as much as possible to those that are around us. Uh, And that allows you to keep a good level of control in your life.
0: Yeah, the the car comparison is a great one, Mm -hmm. I think, because there's so much to that. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're in a car, you know, there's no sense of accountability. Mm-hmm. You can, you can say what you want. Yeah. The other person doesn't know, nope. you know, you can flick them off, yeah. like whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. You can even honk at them and they, yeah. they'll know about it, but you know, odds are they're just going to drive away, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. until you honk at the wrong person and, yeah, that and has they chase a gun. you down, yeah. <laughs> which I've seen, I've seen happen before. So mm-hmm. uh, people be careful. Yeah. Um, but, um, that's such a great analogy, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're driving a, a car, I know it's something that I work work on, mm-hmm. you know, is um, if someone cuts me off, mm-hmm. y- you mentioned it, you know, it's like, okay, Sam, like you have a decision to make right mm-hmm. now. You can either get upset, you know, um, or you can just be like, whatever, you know, you're not even in a hurry anyway. You yeah. know? But sometimes yeah. you're like, it's the principle, you know, it's the principle. But, you know, the reality is, you know, you have a decision. Yeah. And can you control yourself and say, you know what? i'm fine yeah i'm fine it's not a big deal it wasn't mm-hmm. personal um this person must be just in a hurry you mm-hmm. know whatever and so you just move on and um let it be okay. i
1: always say they're trying to get to church very quickly they want to go pray come on man you always <laughs> got to
0: put a positive spin on it a holy spin on it you know and yeah. uh, very true you know there mm-hmm. you go you know you, you just never know what it is mm-hmm. um odds are it probably isn't anything like that, but, <laughs> but whatever you got to do to convince yourself, right. Mm-hmm. That, um, that it's not a big deal, then that's what you're going to do. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, but to me, that's one of like the biggest things is, is control. Can you control yourself? Sure.
1: But and can I just stop you for Please. a second? Cause you said something that was really key right there. You said uh, you have to make a decision and it's a split second decision about whether or not to keep your anger or your emotions under control. And believe it or not, brother, I think that you face that not just out in the road when you're driving, you face that almost at every second of your life. Um, I'm challenged by certain people in my life, uh, which I won't name. (laughs) I'm I'm challenged uh, in that I feel like they're constantly drawing me to that point of um, just falling off the cliff of my my controlled emotions. Um, And Sometimes I believe it's just their nature. It's not that they're purposely intending to draw me to that point. Uh, It's just their nature. And if I don't accept that, number one, and if I don't control uh, my emotions very quickly, number two, um, it gets out of control very quickly. It it gets out of control fast. Uh, You see that everywhere, right? People are constantly, constantly fighting, constantly arguing about something. And everybody has their point of view. Uh, brother, there's things that you say that I might not fully agree with, right? Uh, but but it is your position. Um, you feel strongly about that position. And if I don't learn to respect that, um, yeah, it doesn't mean I have to agree with you, but I, I have to respect your position, then I'm able to live in peace with you, right? And we just have a hard time doing that, I, I believe.
0: Yeah, I would absolutely agree um especially in this day and age and mm-hmm. i can get into the political but i won't you mm-hmm. know um why not brother let's <laughs> do it <laughs> you know uh um it it is a topic of conversation that i i love to get into yeah. i have been known to get into um uh, you know politics and stuff but mm-hmm. um i don't know if today's the right day uh, mm-hmm. what are we in about almost 40 minutes um something like that um I think in the day and age we live in today, you mm-hmm. know, people just don't know how to disagree and mm-hmm. hey, this is why we've made this show. Um, my goal is to eventually like invite invite some people, maybe even on the next episode mm-hmm. that disagree with me, mm-hmm. you know, and l- hey, let's just sit down, let's have a conversation. You know, we don't have to agree on everything, but yeah. can we be cordial? Can we exchange ideas? Sure. You know, can we allow ourselves to have a voice, you yeah. know? and um, hear each other out.
1: Sure, I wanted to disagree with you, but, but man, you've been saying nothing but nice <laughs> things about me, so I'll I'll agree well, with everything you say.
0: Well, I thought you know <laughs> it might be a good idea to start off with. Um, no, yeah, it's
1: it's it's great, and I and I thank you for that. I mean, it's certainly an encouragement. But I can tell you that, um, yeah, at least at a personal level, I know there's a lot more work, right? And and you know, if you're if you're never if you're never comfortable, never satisfied, and constantly seek to to develop, I think great things can come out of it. Uh, and certainly that's where we wanted to go.
0: What I think is funny about our relationship, brother, is Mm -hmm. that we really do agree on a lot of things. We do, yes. We Mm -hmm. um, just, for whatever reason, maybe it's our faith, you Mm -hmm. know, like I'm sure a lot of it has to do with that, Um, stems from that, you know, that we have a lot of core values that are similar. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I do think that there are some things that we have disagreed on. Mm -hmm. Politics isn't one of them. I think Mm -hmm. you're also voting for Trump. Yeah, like? absolutely. <laughs> <You> <laughs> we know, said it, we weren't going to talk about politics, it's, brother. It's, yeah, it's you know. funny. It's funny that, like, man, like the, of the kind, excuse me, the kind of hate that you can get mm-hmm. for saying that you know you're pro-Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I can understand that he's such a polarizing figure, mm-hmm. you know, and so you either love him or you hate him. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I love the guy, but and you know what, we're only 40 minutes in, brother. I'm going to get into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, with Trump, you know, I often say this, you know, because people will always bring up, you know, some of the things that he said, you know, that, you know, Mexicans or whatever mm-hmm. um, are all burglars, rapists, mm-hmm. and who knows, all these other kind of things. And and some of the explicit things that he says, you know, like, how yeah. can you support somebody like that? You know, um, and I often, you know, anytime somebody says, tells me that, it's like, listen, man, I'm not saying he's Christian, mm-hmm. you know, like. I'm not voting for him because he's Christian because mm-hmm. he, he does try to like ap- appeal to the Christian community. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he says go to church and he holds his Bible and everything. Yeah. I don't vote for him uh, because he's Christian. I vote for him because I'm Christian mm-hmm. and he has um, Christian policies. You know, yeah. so why, yeah. why would you? Uh, uh, no,
1: I, I fully agree with that. I, um, uh, I think if you look at the track record of um, the conservative views mm-hmm. and values of uh, behind which he stands, right? I, 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 I am more aligned uh, with those views. I also disagree with much of what he, you know, the positions that he takes, especially on the, uh, on the side of immigration. Um, but at the same time, I, you have to weigh everything that has been done, right? Put it on the scale. And I can tell you that from a, a Christian values point of view, uh, and what we stand for, uh, if you are inclined to be on the more liberal side, which is what the Democrats are, uh, we don't represent those values, right? Uh, and so it's almost you know we're we're in a position today of when you vote or when you uh, stand behind something. Uh, you have to stand more on the side of what those values are, more at the core of what party you're, vo- you're voting for. Um, so yeah, you have to suppress the ego a little bit because, yeah, I, I'm hurt for the words that sometimes are used, uh, but you, you outweigh that and suppress your ego by understanding that there's a lot more to it, right? Um, I I know I can probably keep talking about this, but I'll say one more thing. One of the very important things is the relationship that the United States has had over the years with the country of Israel, right? Um, And and slowly but surely, we have been cutting ties with Israel, which is a very important uh, group uh, of people, biblically speaking, and has a strong support of God, biblically speaking. Um, And so we've seen that support being diminished over the years, Uh, in past presidencies, and this one has come to overturn that greatly. And I think that has a lot of implications uh, or should have a lot of implications in the way that a Christian voter votes uh, in in today's day and age, right? Um, Then there are the other values, right? Abortion, uh, uh, gay rights, uh, homosexuality, um, and how— you know I'm not even going to touch on the economy because I think that's something that 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 could be left for another day but but all those values all those moral values we really have to stand for and and be that voice and if we have a representation in our government um, then that's the one that should be voted for
0: yeah um mm-hmm. and that's why I think you know you would be surprised at how many people are actually pro trump you know mm-hmm. um, in fact, I would almost say probably every Every pastor um, you know is a a Trump supporter, maybe not, again, of his character, of his person, Mm -hmm. but of his policies, you know, the Mm -hmm. things that, you know, he um, he's pushing, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of the uh, judges that he's appointing, um, again, with, you know, conservative views. So, um, you know, just for those of you that, you know, might say, well, how could you ever support somebody like that? How could you ever vote for somebody like that? like that well now you know you know um and we could go deeper into it but mm-hmm. you know i, I didn't really want to go too deep into politics um so i won't but but that's why it's because of our conservative uh views or our morals our values and it has to do with the fact that they stand for christian values and yeah
1: and and I'll, I'll add one other thing to that um yeah fully agree with you on this but but i will add that um we are easily deceived by what yep. the media has to say. And um, I've, I've, for one, been very careful about what I hear, uh, because things are taken out of proportion in such great ways, and there's such a dark agenda behind them, uh, that we easily fall into that trap. So I, I think it's important for us as Christians to be very careful about what we hear. What, uh, what media sources we're getting our information from uh, because that can easily draw us into, into uh, sorry for using this word twice, but for drawing conclusions in an incorrect way. Again, let's understand what those values are and let's vote if we vote based on those, on those values. Um, and secondly, understand that we are living in a time where more and more the church is being challenged uh, by this world and being try, tried to push into a situation where we are more accepting of sin. And yep. I think if if we don't continue to stand by those core values that we as Christians have, uh, we'll be lost, right? We will be lost, uh, and we will become more of this world, which is exactly what Jesus warned us against, right?
0: You know, without, again, going back into politics, but I, I do want to—it's hard to get away from it. Mm-hmm. like. What's so crazy to me, and you mentioned the media, and this is what what sparked the idea or Mm -hmm. the thought, is, you know, how we can be deceived into thinking that we're being compassionate about somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're not being compassionate if we stick to God's, you know, law or, you know, his word or what Mm -hmm. it says, you know, so, you know, I I give the example of, you know, transgenders, you know, Mm -hmm. and how if you don't agree with that they're saying well you're dehumanizing them Mm -hmm. and that you know you don't understand them you know or Mm -hmm. gay people um even lately most recently the BLM movement and Mm -hmm. how like well if you don't acknowledge the fact that they're being oppressed then Mm -hmm. you're probably you're part of the problem and you know i think nothing could be further from the truth you know um they're what they're using when i say they i'm saying people who are pushing these agendas um what they're doing is is trying to use your compassion your feelings Mm -hmm. to persuade you to you know go down a different road something else that you don't believe in Mm -hmm. you know uh, you mentioned abortion earlier Mm -hmm. um you know you are yes you're being compassionate towards the woman but you're not being compassionate towards the baby you know in the uh um even in, in the gay rights or transgender, like they're saying you're not being compassionate to them. I'm absolutely being compassionate to to somebody who's transgender by telling them, "Hey, you're not who you think you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you are who biologically uh, your body is telling you you are. And if I tell you otherwise, I feel like that's being incompassionate mm-hmm. because it's leading you down a road that never brings happiness. Um, but it's just it's just crazy to me how you know they can lead you to believe that. By believing these ideas, these things, you're being compassionate when it's mm-hmm. really the opposite.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love I love the example that actually you've shared with me in the past, and it and it's uh, the dr- drowning uh, kid in the pool, right?
0: Uh, Maybe it was me. Maybe it know. was. I'll, yeah. take credit. I'll, <laughs> well, take I'll credit. say it
1: again. Ab. Uh, if, if somebody's drowning in a pool, right, you don't stand at the edge of the pool and say, "Hey, you probably should consider you know trying your best to get out of the pool." Like, if there's a way for you to find a way to swim your way to the edge, uh, no, that's not the way to do it, right? The way to do it is to jump in there and forcefully drag them out of the pool uh, and, and save them. And I think... When you think about it from that perspective, compassion itself is trying to save somebody from the path of destruction that they're leading into Mm -hmm. or going into. And if you only speak about love and you only speak about goodness, that's like standing at the edge of the pool and uh, suggesting that maybe you're not doing the right thing, right? What's going to end up happening is that person is going to drown, If you don't do something, if you don't act to save that person, and you do it in a forceful way, and I I don't want to misrepresent the word forceful, but uh, sometimes it requires for you to be very vocal and for you to stand by the truth and not dilute the truth in any way. I'm a very strong proponent of accepting the Bible as the truth. The Word of God is the truth. And if I only accept part of the Word of God, uh, and reject another part of the Word of God, it's almost like I'm rejecting all of it. Um, and if the Word of God um, specifically uh, uh, d- demonstrates that homosexuality uh, in its nature is sinful against God, is a rejection of God's natural way, then I cannot accept it as truth in any way I'm sorry I cannot accept it as a way of life in any way, right So to your point, brother, I, I think those are the kind of things that as Christians we need to be clear and stand by the truth and not dilute ourselves by what the world has portrayed as a rejection or as a uh, uh, what's the word that you use anger towards a certain group right yeah, We're hate not angry or whatever we're not yeah we're not being hateful in, uh, against a certain uh, group. We are just doing the job that we have been called to do. And that job has been to speak the truth, speak the way, and speak the life, right? The good news of salvation is that Jesus Christ gave his life for all humanity, but it is those who believe, those who accept his way of life, and those who accept his way of life receive salvation. Those who don't have already been condemned, which is what uh, John 3.17 says.
0: Amen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, brother... um, hearing you talk just made me really reflect on something that I remember happened to me years ago, Mm -hmm. which is where I, um, I went to my sister and I had her, um, talk to a girl that I Mm -hmm. liked and I said, Hey, listen, will you ask her, you know, like, or will you tell her, Hey, Sam likes you? Like, do you like him or Mm -hmm. something of that nature? Yeah. And so she did it. Right. And I waited all day to hear the answer. Right. So my sister comes home and, you know, I had this moment of, like, wanting her to, like, tell me. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, you know, starting to tell her, like, to tell me. But then I was, like, wait a minute. I was, like, hold on. Because I know my sister, and she's very compassionate. Mm-hmm. You know, and she, I knew she probably wasn't going to want to hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, you know, don't dilute it. Don't make it, like, soft or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I want to know exactly like, Hit what me she with said. It. Yep. Hit me with it. Eh? Mm-hmm. Does she like me or not? you know, and, um, drum roll, (laughs) um, you know, but does it really matter? I'll share what, what, what she said, but it really hit me. Like, I was like, I don't want her to lie to me, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. to me, lying to me, isn't being compassionate Mm -hmm. just to tell me, well, she thinks you're okay. Or, you know, or she thinks maybe or something or like, is it yes? Or is it no, you know, like, tell me, tell me, no, if it's no, then, I know where we stand thank Mm -hmm. you next but if you know if you know you know um that she does like me then absolutely like go ahead and like tell it to me i'll I'll be happy or whatever Mm -hmm. it turns out um i think she wasn't interested Mm -hmm. so nothing ever like developed there but that stuck with me forever Mm -hmm. i was just like you know i want to know the truth yeah I, i don't want you to lie to me i don't want you to tell me you know make it up or make it softer or whatever like mm-hmm. i just want to know the truth yeah so yeah
1: and and that's that's the biggest problem with the world today right everybody has created their own truth based on what their own desires are and what their own uh, uh w- way of finding meaningfulness in life is um we're in we're in the process of understanding the truth but we are convinced right as christians that we have found the truth in jesus christ and so um, I think that one of the things that we uh, need to lear- learn to live as Christians is that, the, is that the moral standards that were set by Jesus Christ were far above yep. um, even what uh, you know, we, can, we can pretend to accomplish. Even within that, and this is where, this is where compassion comes in, right? Even within that, uh, Jesus Christ still offered forgiveness. And what he said was, listen, I'm paying the price for your forgiveness. But you need to change your lifestyle and stop living for yourself and begin to live for me. And I think that's where we 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 sometimes maybe find it difficult to relay that message to people who are living in a sinful nature, right? It's simple. Stop living for yourself. When you stop living for yourself, you reject the, the fact of feeding your own selfish desires. Yeah. And whatever perverse nature that may be, I'm challenged with that. You're challenged yeah. with that. Uh, even if we're not facing struggles like homosexuality, but we're struggling constantly with stopping the feeding of our own
0: selfish desires and of living entirely for Christ. And you mentioned those things. And, and one of those, like, for example, is, you know, when you say selfish desire, your selfish desire is for everybody to like you, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And so sometimes yes. we don't want to be confrontational and tell somebody, hey, listen, the path that you're taking is leading you to destruction. You know, we would much rather soften it and be like, you know what? Like, it's fine. God is graceful, you know, and and he is, you know. But, you know, but that's the wrong message, you know. Like, the message is, hey, the path that you're going through, you know, even if it's confrontation or even Mm -hmm. if it's going to hurt some feelings, um, is stop what you're doing. Like, you're hurting yourself. You're you're only going to... Lead yourself to even more pain. Yeah, uh, you, you need to change the way you go. I think that's a lot more compassionate, and to allowing somebody to, um, to continue down a path that's leading them to destruction. Yeah. Um, I want to go back a little bit mm-hmm. to something that we were actually started talking about even before the podcast, mm-hmm. and that is, um, and we're almost an hour in, but mm-hmm. what we were talking about even before the podcast was really awesome, really great. And you just triggered something when you were talking earlier, and so I want to get into it a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is. The fact that, you know, we're, you know, our selfish desires, you know, um, some of the things that, you know, we don't even realize, you know, but it's, it's something uh, that's not good. And, you know, the Bible talks about how the heart is deceitful. Again, Mm -hmm. you think you're being compassionate. Yeah. But in reality, uh, it's almost evil what you're doing, what you're doing in uh, allowing somebody to be misled. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, And to do that, I want to bring up the story that I that I shared with you and how, um, a, a few months ago must've been like four or five months ago. I was at my house. It was late one night. Um, I was falling asleep and, uh, no, I'm. excuse me. I was long asleep. It was mm-hmm. two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wake up, I wake up to some screaming and it was coming from my neighbor's house. Uh, and I was like, Oh God, like, what was that? Mm-hmm. You know, it was loud enough to where it woke me up and I'm a heavy sleeper. Um, but they wake me up and um, I was like, uh, maybe it was just something that I, I dreamed, it's not real. And so I try to like, you know, you, you joked about me like covering myself, but I, I literally mm-hmm. did that. I covered myself mm-hmm. um, with my sheets and uh, I heard it again. And I was like, oh no, like something's going on and I have to make a decision to, to do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. But I try to ignore it because I was like, I don't want to get involved, you know? And it just made me think, you know, every time you watch a movie, you always say, like, why didn't they call? Why didn't they call the cops if they heard something? Mm -hmm. You know, like, surely they must have heard something. Why didn't they ever call? And then, like, turns out the neighbor used to be a serial killer or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think until you're in that situation, like, you don't know. Um, So, anyway, I hear the scream again, and this time I also hear a glass shatter. And I was like, oh, no. I don't want to be involved in this. Like, I, I don't, like, I don't. I was very fearful. It was probably the first time I felt fear like that ever. I've never felt fear like that ever. Mm-hmm. And so I had a decision to make. I was like, should I call the cops? Problem with the calling the cops is if I call the cops and they come in and somehow the, um, whoever is doing whatever they're doing on the other house, if they're able to elude the cops and get them to go just go away they're going to know I called. They're going to know mm. that it had to be the neighbors. I did not want that problem. I did not want that attention. And so I didn't call, you know. The, like, I, I just shut it out, and I stayed quiet. And I'm not proud of it. I'm sharing it now. And maybe you're judging me because I didn't do it. But I would just like you to consider, what if it was you? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not just me. Like, uh, my family's in there as well. And I could just think, like, maybe they didn't do it that night maybe they didn't come at me that night but maybe they were waiting for my family the next day or whatever and so it was a very difficult decision for me to make but and to this day like it bothers me a little bit but it was a very selfish decision that i had to make it was you know again going back to you know we're evil inside you know We, we we um unfortunately, make very poor decisions because we look after ourselves. We're Mm -hmm. we're selfish, you know. I should have been the Good Samaritan, but I didn't because, you know, I was afraid, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, it's just, it's a difficult situation, but, um, you know, it's something I guess you kind of learn from. and. You do, and I, so
1: you asked me the question. You said,
0: um, would, would you call
1: the police, right? And I said, yeah, I would, and I gave you an example of, or a reason why I would call the police. Um, I was in not a similar situation, but uh, when I was 18 years old, I, I had a truck, and I let somebody borrow that truck, and I was in the car, and they went and crashed it. Long story short, they went and crashed it, and I immediately thought, well, What am I going to do? Like insurance isn't going to pay because this guy was driving it. So I immediately told the guy, I'm going to take responsibility. I want to be the one that was shown to be the driver. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, And so I lied, right, to the police. And yeah, exactly. Uh And you think about all this and you think about what poor decisions you make in a split second where we are called to be truthful, right? Mm -hmm. We are called to, in your case, um, no matter what the potential outcome could have been uh call the police and and reach out um yes it's it's lessons learned but you're right it's your heart right it's what's in your heart and it's paul says it perfectly And this past sunday i was uh, kind of alluding to it in the message he he talks about that struggle that he has he says i want to do the right thing i want to do what is right but i end up doing not what is right and and he's like continues to explain what that battle is. And in the end, he says, thanks be to God for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he came and broke that bondage of us continuously doing what is wrong. So I think it's important. What's important there is that he doesn't say when Jesus Christ died on the cross and he shed his blood, he magically converted all evil thoughts into good thoughts. No, as long as we are in this body, we are going to have that sinful nature in us so when you talk about compassion and when you talk about us trying to relay the truth, we don't want to be or make the mistake as Christians to perceive ourselves to be holy or to have achieved holiness and condemn everybody else. Now, I think what's important is to place ourselves in the same position as everyone else in that we are in a sinful nature. We are in a sinful body, Mm -hmm. and we all need the same rescuing from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. If we don't let him rescue us, we will continue to be in that. Paul then, in the end, comes to the conclusion that through the weaknesses that he faces in his life is where God begins to perfect him in his power, in God's power, meaning in, in, the, in the Lord's power. So, you know, it's, 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 it's a beautiful mystery that's kind of opened up for us as Christians, I believe, that we realize our condition, but we at the same time cry out to the one who saves us from that condition. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it beautiful. Um, I'll, I'll say this one last comment. On that same topic, I, a couple of Sundays ago, we were on our way to church and it was raining and there was a puddle of water somebody had Mm. had uh, had an accident and my first thought uh, maybe it was the spirit telling me to stop and help that person but as I was passing that a car behind us spun off and crashed right so I immediately said I'm not going to stop here like I'm not going to put my my wife and my kids at danger in this situation right um I did what you did. I didn't call the police either. I just kept driving, right? I, I said, I got to get to church. <laughs> but, but, you know, you think back at the, these things and you realize um, that's part of that struggle that Paul speaks about and where you end up not doing what is right in key moments in your life.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that that's the difference, you know, sometimes with, mm-hmm. with Christians and maybe non nonbelievers it's, is that we recognize that we're sinful. You know, we're not mm-hmm. trying to pretend here that we're perfect, and that we don't make mistakes. We are well aware Mm -hmm. that we're sinful at nature, and that's what we're trying to tell everybody else. Hey, listen, um, we're all sinful, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, We have a heart that is deceitful, Mm -hmm. and if we're not careful, um, we will very easily be misled. Um, Mm -hmm. We we just aren't in our nature. We're just inclined towards evil, and so we have to be very, um, you know, defensive towards that and, and, you know, go towards God. The only way that we can get away from that sinful nature you know is to run to god you know we cannot do it on our own strength um and so you know i, I want to leave you guys with that listen pcj thank you brother for uh, oh, i'm going to close pleasure. it here I mean, i'm going to close it here um i think we're a little over an hour now and uh, i think this was really great yeah but um i think maybe we'll have to do this again another time but um
1: yeah, I suggest maybe on your 10th anniversary, you can come back, bring <laughs> me bring me back as a guest speaker and say, yeah, 10 years ago, you start, we started this, right? <laughs> but yeah, it, it's been a pleasure for me. And I thank you. It's been an honor uh, to be a part of this. Uh, so thank you very much. And uh, I don't want to say best of luck. I want to say many blessings from God in this, uh, in this endeavor that you're uh, starting
0: today, Sam. Thank you, thank you. And I think it's it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Uh, and, again, I thank you for, for coming and, and for being a part of this. I, I hope you viewers enjoyed it and liked it. And if you did, hey, I'm going to be cliche and be like every other YouTuber and tell you to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And uh, if you want to see more content like this, again, this is how you can support us, is by liking it, by sharing it with people and telling yes. other people to view it as well. Um, and, hey, again, if you want to comment and tell us, hey, maybe you should bring so-and-so on. Uh, Maybe y'all should talk about this, uh, give us ideas, and we'd be happy to implement them on their next podcast. So thanks again, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.